Testing, testing. Testing, testing. One, two, three. This is episode five. Take one. <laughs> Could you imagine if we had to do a take two? Oh, God. <laughs> so welcome to the fifth episode of the 13th Side Podcast. We're your hosts, Billy and Elise, and we are welcoming you to this wonderful episode. <laughs> We're going to be diving through the solar system. Exploring each and every one of our beautiful celestial planets. Pluto is a planet. We will be talking about her. We love Pluto. We love Pluto. Um, so you're yeah, not going to we'll... leave her out. No. So yeah, we're going to be going through the planets today. What each of them mean, so you guys are able to like. Obviously, we went, we talked about like the energy of each sign. So if you look at your chart now and you know what each of your planet signs are, now you'll be able to match the sign with the planet and get a greater understanding but to disclose again we are not astrologers we literally have a book um some websites up and our brains which are probably the least reliable thing <laughs> that's contributing um and we're going to be trying to give you guys a little bit of an explanation of each planet but obviously if you want to gain your own interpretation totally recommend doing your own research and so you can gain a greater understanding. We're just going to be going over the basics and, yeah. So just for reference, our references mm -hmm. are um, Astrology by Yasmin Boland. I hope I'm saying that right. Um, and also MasteringTheZodiac.com. Mm -hmm. And it. I'm also using um, Time Passages. They have like a learning section, which um, so I'll be going through that as well, getting that their perspective and also yeah. throwing in our own. Also, if you haven't downloaded Times Passages, what are you doing with your life? Please download it right now. Right now. They've got a free version. Um, definitely would recommend, if you're really into astrology, um, buying the like ultimate version. Yeah, like, I, I'd been holding on for so long because I just didn't want to do it. But it's changed my life. Yeah, it's changed my life too because I'll be talking to my mum and like I'll do like her chart, my brother's chart, dad's chart and all of that all individually and then we'll just be talking and she'll be like, oh, what's your dad's Venus in or like a random thing and I'll be like, or, and then I'll talk or I'll talk about what my dad's Venus is in and then she'll be like, oh, what's mine? And I'll be like, just give me 10 minutes to type in all of your information again <laughs> yeah. into Cafe Astrology, look it up and then go through and read everything again. Whereas... If you get the download um, version, you get everything that you can just click through and it's so much easier. Yeah, and you can add this all of your ad. friends. We're not yeah. Not sponsored. <laughs> Although, please, Time Passages sponsor us. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, it's it's really handy, especially when you're doing, like, all your friends and, like, you can do yeah, compatibility. As soon, as soon as you post, like, a Mercury retrograde meme on your Instagram, people will be asking you what that means and, <laughs> And how that affects them personally as if you're an actual astrologer and You're like, I just liked this meme. Yeah, I just thought it was funny. I just thought I just thought it was funny. It it, it had a celebrity on it making a weird face. <laughs> um but yeah, we'll start with the the sun. Everyone knows the sun. <laughs> it's shining bright now. <laughs> providing us all light. So your sun is essentially you, yourself. It represents your ego. It shows your level of confidence and where your focus is in this lifetime. The sun is in many ways the driving force in your chart. It is the center of the planetary system, the giver of light and life. 
It's heroic and it likes to take center stage. Um, wherever the sun is in your chart, in a particular sign and house, which we'll get into houses in the next episode, it tells you a lot about what you came to do here on planet Earth. <laughs> it also tells you how and where you shine. As you discover more about your sun, you discover more about yourself. It also tells you a lot about your central concerns. The sun's pretty pretty basic. It only gives us life, you know. <laughs> it only gives us life. It's yeah. only the source of everything. Yeah, it, only, only without it we wouldn't exist, but that's fine. <laughs> Next we have the moon. So the moon represents the personal self, the feelings, and the unconscious. It's a reflection of the true self represented by the sun. Uh, the moon also stands for security and instinctual or habitual patterns as well as the ability to relate to others and to be nurturing others the moon rules cancer it is often contrast this with the sun as the female representative principle versus the masculine or positive principle the moon represents the feminine or nurturing part of oneself in the male chart the moon represents the feminine within or the amania and also indicates the type of partner you will attract. The moon also represents an attune from the past, which operates at an instinctual or habitual level of your present life. Interesting. Um, so, yeah, like with your son, like who you present to the world, I guess. Um, so your moon is like who you really are, like Cause, under the surface. Because um, like your moon's always tied to your emotion. Mm. Um but as we were kind of talking about before, some people don't have, like, emotions in the same way that a water sign has mm. emotions. Um, and so for other people, it can be, like, the internal self and how that affects external physical reactions. Um, so, like, my moon's in Gemini, and I feel like I'm only just beginning to really understand what that means. Um, and I think the moon is, like, one of those things that it's, like, if you have, like, a Capricorn, with a Pisces moon, you might never know that they have a Pisces moon. They hide it all so well. So it's mm. like internally they're such an emotionally connected person, but they just don't portray any of that on the exterior. So I think the moon is one of the most interesting things to know about a person because you can really understand like, oh, even though you're really big and tough and like not intimidated by anything on the outside, internally like if I say something mean to you you're not you externally you'll laugh it off and pretend that it's fine but I know now that internally it'll actually offend you so I'm not going to do it yeah whereas you could have someone on the other side of the spectrum that's a Pisces sun and a Capricorn moon so externally they'll be like oh you can't say that and start crying but like internally they really don't give a shit yeah <laughs> so I think the the moon is really interesting and it allows you to like understand people but you need to uh, you need to ask people. Mm. Like, if you meet someone that doesn't have the same moon as you, ask them, like, deep questions about it so then you actually can understand it. Because that's what I've been doing a lot lately and I've been finding it really interesting and I've been learning a lot about myself through that reflection as well because it's, like, your, your emotions, everyone just sees, like, as a reaction, like an external thing that's happening. But there's, like, so many deeper things that internally that cause the physical reaction to happen. So mm. I think it, I just find it so interesting. Sorry, mm -hmm. I'm going a bit. <laughs> <laughs> You're right. um, so yeah, knowing your own or someone else's moon sign gives you massive insights into yourself and them. 
The moon is about our inner nature. In your chart, it tells you what you need. If you look at um, someone's moon sign and the house, which we'll get to another point in time, um, it, you can instantly understand more about what they need. The moon in your chart can also tell you about your home, how you grew up, how things were with your mother, about what feeds you, about your feelings, your unconscious, and your instincts. Mm. With the moon, you can just remember that it's like affects the tides and stuff, and it's it's a very much a feminine energy. Mm. And I think that all of the like celestial like planetary bodies. I think that they all have such a personality. With like Jupiter, very external, like yeah, like I feel like I know Jupiter, like yeah. and I feel like I know Venus, but like I feel like each of them, you can kind of get to know them as like a person. Like don't don't just think of them as like a planet that's a thousand million kilometers away that's like you can can't even see. Mm. Like really think about the spiritual energy behind each one and what that really means and yeah. to get to know them apart from just looking at them as like, oh, this is a gas giant. Yeah. I find it's really handy as well to think about them um and where like their name and stuff comes from, like with Greek mythology mm. and stuff like Greek that. Greek mythology, it like I don't understand how they got so accurate with like naming the planets and then the planets tie to astrology. Like, I don't know whether an astrologer named every planet, but, like, blows my mind. Literally. <laughs> it's wild that, like, it's so accurate and it continues to be so accurate through, through like, generations and generations. Yeah. It's wild. Yeah, it's wild. Anyways. But anyway, um, on to Mercury. So, sorry, um, Mercury is the, key... wow, okay, communications planet. <laughs> Whenever you open your mouth to talk or when you write something or even if you just think or listen to someone, you are using your Mercury. It's the mind planet and it guides how you talk, write and otherwise express yourself and take in information. It's your intellectual process. The sign and house Mercury is in will tell you how you think and express yourself and even how you negotiate. Mercury is also the transport planet and the planet of short journeys and commuting. It also governs trade and commerce. So this is sometimes when people say, like, during Mercury retrograde. So if you don't know what retrograde is, it's when the planet's literally moving backwards. Well, they're not moving. It's not moving backwards. It just looks like it's moving backwards to us. Yeah. (laughs) Planets don't move backwards. They're always moving forward. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. (laughs) Um, So that's what retrograde means. So it's like, as it's moving forward um, in its normal... All of the energies are moving forward and all of the energies are, like in like a positive sense yeah and we're and we're continuing on our path blah blah blah. yeah um but mercury retrograde um or re- when your planet is in retrograde it's sort of like going backwards and sort of like if you haven't worked through something it's going to bring that up yeah um so yeah as i was saying before it deals with transport um and journeys and commuting um and that's why sometimes people say don't travel during Mercury retrograde. Don't text your boss and say something like just be careful with communication. Be careful with Everything travel. Everything can kind of be misconstrued. A lot of things can be like like hidden. it's it's still fine for you to travel, but they usually just recommend yeah, we don't double be, checking things, making yeah, sure you're making not going to sh- check uh, you're not going to lose your passport. Checking checking your that your boarding pass is under your name, like all yeah. stupid little shit little like that. Little random and, things. And cuz in more modern times, it also is like what we symbolize for technology so it's like every time mercury is in retrograde my gps fucks up and i get lost or like my computer crashes at work and then i have to go home like all of that stuff but um 
the time passages has a lot of the like ancient Greek stuff as well. So Ooh. I might I might just read that to give you guys a bit more of an insight. It says tiny Mercury is the innermost and smallest planet of our solar system and can only be seen at morning and evening. Because of this, the ancient Greek astronomers believed that the planet to be two separate parts, one visible in the morning, which they called Apollo, and one visible in the evening, which they called um, Emes. Later, the Romans named the planet after the god Mercury, the messenger and the god of trade, profit, and commerce. So literally everything that Elise just said. So yeah, that's, that's a little bit of a backstory on Mercury, and it also rules um, Gemini and Virgo. So, yeah, because obviously Geminis talk all the fucking time. <laughs> okay, so next up is Venus. Mm-hmm. Venus is all about romance and riches. It's your love planet. My favourite planet. <laughs> Venus guides you when you fancy someone, when you fall in love, and when you yearn for someone or something from the bottom of your heart. So matters of the heart are dealt with this beautiful, kind, and caring planet. Venus is about pleasure, kindness, and caresses. Well, <laughs> uh, in her highest form, Venus is about perfect and ideal relationships. How you relate to others depends a lot on your Venus and how you fall in love. Um, Venus is about, is about attracting. Your Venus tells you how you love and what you love. Discover a person's Venus sign and house placement. You have the key to his or her heart. Um, Venus is also about aesthetics and our appreciation for finer things in life, such as art and music. Um, Which is why it's ruled by Taurus. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So it's all about beauty and luxury um, and all those fine things. Um, Again, this is a very feminine energy planet. (laughs) definitely. Um, Yeah. But, yeah, so the Greek of this one is so... The Greek? The Greek of it. The Greek of it all. (laughs) The Greek yogurt of it all. <laughs> Venus, um, or the Greek Aphrodite, um, is the goddess of love, beauty, and relationships. So, again, it's like a perfect match with the astrological meaning. The planet probably gets her name because she is so very bright and beautiful. Venus is in taking rather than outgoing and is ruled by Libra and Taurus. So, yeah, Venus, uh, I feel like, affects me quite a lot. But, like, I, I just love all of the things that happens with Venus. And it just, um, a couple months ago, it moves from, like, behind the sun to in front of the sun every 18 months, and that's such a transformation period as well. Oh, it's like, just such a beautiful planet. And, like, the visuals of that is so beautiful. Like, yeah. and what that means, like... Yeah. It, it, it's just it's just really, really fun. Yeah. <laughs> um, you'll hear us talk about that in 18 months' time. Oh, well, less than 18 months now. But next time it happens, we'll do a whole episode on it. <laughs> Very beautiful. Okay, so next up is Mars. Um, so Mars is the sexy planet. <laughs> um, so Mars is powered by testosterone. Without Mars, nothing would, would get done. It is our fuel and our rocket, our determination and drive. Mars also governs our sex drive, what turns us on and how we get what we want. The sign your Mars is in will give you an insight into the ways you chase your goals. Mars is the planet that's all about pursuit. What are you chasing in life? Your Mars will show you what you're after and also how to get it. Mars is about desire and action, aggressive behavior, lust, anger, this are is, all Mars traits. This is like if you've got like an, an ex that was like aggressive or abusive, look at where his Mars placement, placement was and maybe avoid those people. <laughs> yeah, that's probably a good idea. Um, so whatever your Mars sign is in and the house placement in your chart – 
um, that's sort of where and how it's heightened or lessened depending on where it is. Mars is arguably the most masculine planet mm-hmm. and is the zodiacal partner of Venus. Yeah, if you're doing like a compatibility chart or something and you're trying to figure out your your Bayes chart or something, your crush or if you're in an actual relationship or whatever, yeah, definitely look at their moons or emotions, but definitely look at Venus and their Mars because that'll show you how they love and how they how they like it in the bedroom, perhaps. Mars. <laughs> But, yeah, so Mars is also um, the god of war in classical mythology. So the first three that we've gone to, these are all the personal planets that Mm. are very much like you as an individual, very personally affected. Yes. And then we move on to, like, uh, relational planets. Mars is how do you stand up for yourself. Uh, Venus is what do you like and what do you find attractive. And then Mercury is how do you think and communicate. So that's why they're, like, the personal planets because those are, like, the crux of, like, what makes you who you are. So, yeah. And then moving on, we have the social planets, which is Jupiter and Saturn. I, I really like the combination of Jupiter and Saturn. Me too. So Jupiter is how do you deal with growth. Um, and it was – Jupiter was the king of the gods in classical mythology as well. So it's all about um, expansion – um, social opportunities, exploration, widening horizons, growth, justice, wisdom, opportunity, fortune, and abundance. Mm. Um, do you want to kind of talk about um, Jupiter? Because you've had a, quite a few run-ins with Jupiter. Yes. So Jupiter, um, its orbit is every 12 years. Um, so if you've heard of your um, Saturn return, that's every 29 years. And there's also, like, all of your planets swap. Well, and, well, not and, all of them yeah, because no, they're generational. And what a return is is just that planet being in the same place that it was when you were born. Yes. So it just means that that planet has completed a full cycle. Yes. So the sun, um, its orbit is one year. Um, the moon is 27 and one-third <laughs> days. Um, so we say, obviously, 28 days. Um, Mercury, it has a rotation of 88 days. Uh, Venus is 225, Mars is 687, and then Jupiter is 12 years, Saturn is 29 years, Uranus is 84 years, Neptune is 165 years, and Pluto is 248 years. So and yeah, just, to... just coming up to their Pluto return soon exactly. as well, so we'll probably see the fall of something. So that's what it's talking about in mundane astrology, like a lot of astrologers are saying a lot of planets are coming up to their returns, returns. so which means like we haven't dealt with whatever it is since 200 and however many years or whatever so it's a pretty big deal to be in this time period so um jupiter's usually um a good thing <laughs> um so Your jupiter return you mean yeah jupiter returns usually pretty pretty great um, um it's every 12 engaged. years yeah like so many you know great things happen usually um yeah so it means everything jupiter touches is blessed um when you look at jupiter in your chart you're essentially looking at the good luck charm you were born with jupiter is the planet that endows you with the confidence to believe in yourself it's the amplified planet sometimes known as the lots of planet i've never heard that yeah lots of luck oh okay (laughs) um jupiter is the planet of joy freedom and adventure and it can see the big picture because what's your jupiter in 
think it's in yeah, I think it's in Scorpio. Oh, no, so that makes sense because I'm just reading this here and it says if Jupiter is particularly challenged in a natal chart by placement and or aspects of other planets, it can express its opposite Yeah. and show someone who is stingy and wants more than their share. So your Jupiter is where you take chances and seize opportunities. This massive planet helps you grow. Um, growth isn't always happy days. <laughs> But wherever you find your Jupiter in a person's chart is where they like to have fun as well. Yeah. Jupiter has two sides. On one hand, um, the vibe is jolly, cheerful, and a Father Christmas vibe. On the other hand, it is all about faith and seeking life's meaning. Because I think that that's the whole thing with, like, you would read what Jupiter means and then be like, oh, that doesn't relate to me. And then you mm-hmm. actually look at where your Jupiter is in your chart and then it's like and what it's literally conjunct. the exact opposite. Literally. Like Jupiter is like how you deal with your growth. And mm-hmm. it's like if it's in Scorpio, it's going to be like a lot different than someone with Jupiter in like Libra. Yeah, Jupiter can also exaggerate wildly, overdo excessively and tip from confidence to arrogance. Wherever you find Jupiter in someone's chart is where he or she can get all the glory for being awesome <laughs> or come across as arrogant and as someone sign. Yeah. And these are the, the social planets. So it's like how you deal with like groups of people and all of that type of stuff as well. And your Saturn is my – I find Saturn to be the scariest planet. Fucking terrifies me. Mm-hmm. Saturn, Saturn scares me more than ghosts. <laughs> Um, <laughs> well, yeah. More than Pluto. Saturn's like, if you don't have your shit together, it'll make, it'll make you get your like, shit together. Like, yeah, no, Saturn is like... Sometimes it's painful. Saturn's daddy issues. Yeah. You know? And my dad and I have the same Saturn. <laughs> Wild. Yeah, both in retrograde. Saturn is, the, is how you deal with responsibility. So Saturn's always described as, like, the structure and, like, the foundations. And I always think, like, if you know tarot, I always think of the the tower tower. yeah so the tower card is quite terrifying it's like a literal tower and usually it's got it's on a rocky ground underneath like the sea or the sea's crazy water like crazy waves around and it's like everything's falling down everything's crashing so basically it's like if you haven't got the right foundations you'll just fall and collapse everything is gonna fall around you Mm -hmm. like you can't build something on a rocky foundation yeah and you just need like boundaries and Saturn returns is probably one of the biggest things that you go through in Mm, your so that is so Saturn is a 29 year cycle yeah so you usually can match up people's midlife crises with (laughs) usually their second Saturn return but Mm. some people will go through a midlife crisis when they're like between 29 and 30 yeah my Saturn's in my 12th house (laughs) in Taurus so um yeah it fucking terrifies me too yeah and my Saturn is in Pisces in the fifth house hopefully your Saturn return will be better than your Jupiter one and also if you have your Saturn in retrograde it means that you may face like unfair situations difficulties with authority daddy issues Mm -hmm. um (laughs) and it's usually when you become your own daddy as in yeah yeah you be like okay I've tried this for so long, cut the shit, mm. let's just do it properly or whatever, you know. Because when you're born and getting raised, you you only use the same tools as your parents gave you. 
Like you will respond to things in the same way that your parents respond to things because that's the only thing that you've seen. And then it's like you get until the end of your 20s and then it's like you need to figure out how you are supposed to do things. And if you don't understand how you're supposed to do things yourself, like your parents aren't there to support you anymore. Like they're not going to be there to pick up all of the pieces and tell you what to do all of the time you need to figure out how to do those things by yourself mm. and how to use your own toolkit and find out what coping mechanisms work for you. So it's like if you haven't figured that out before you get to your Saturn return, you're going to be put in a situation where you need to – that forces you to do that. Yeah. So that's why I'm really trying to get all my coping mechanisms figured out exactly. before my Saturn return. Yeah. So then my Saturn return, nothing traumatic happens. It's like if you're slowly working towards it, I think you shouldn't be – scared because if you know that it's coming you know that it's coming and you're making steps to be better um and work through those well before your Saturn return or wherever you're at I think it'll be less of a blow and another thing that like people always recommend is not to get married before your Saturn return I fucked that up didn't I (laughs) (laughs) I I I did it before my next Jupiter return so because you don't know who you're going to be without those tools. You might struggle when you go through your Saturn return. You might find that the people you were surrounding with, you don't want to associate with anymore because you've just changed. You've grown, yeah. So Saturn has a fearsome reputation as the taskmaster of the Zodiac. Saturn is the stench. <laughs> the stench of reality up your nose. That's so accurate. It's literally. It's like, it's like the most intrusive sense. And you can't avoid it. Yeah. It's the hard facts and the lessons you didn't want to learn. Wherever you have your Saturn in your chart, you must face the music and work hard. It's where you have a lot of lessons coming to you in this lifetime. At least once you know the placement of your Saturn, you'll more or less know where to expect those challenges. And the challenges that you overcome are the lessons that you hone into a more involved being. Yeah, and I think that, like... um. As I said, if you listen to our last episode, I used to hate Tauruses. Mm. And, like, I hated them so much because I saw myself in them. And I think that that's also because I have a Taurus, my Saturn. I think that that's one of the big things that I'm going to have to work through is my Taurus energy and understanding that better and being able to cope with it and not being as judgmental and stubborn and all of that because I feel like that's the type of shit that's really going to bite me in the ass Mm. when my Saturn return comes, so. Yeah, so Saturn is about structure, challenges, and our fears, as well as being the planet in our chart that governs work and discipline. Mm -hmm. Saturn is the slowest moving planet that can be seen with the naked eye. He was once known as the karma planet and and is all about you reap what you sow. Yeah, that's that's, um, on everything that I've ever read about about Saturn. It always has that quote. Yeah. Learn a Saturn lesson, change your behavior, and change your karma. Oh, and it also says um, that's just one side of Saturn, though. Saturn's feminine side is a wise old crone. She may no longer be a beauty, but she doesn't care that she's beyond all that. When I think about, like, Saturn as, like, a human, it's like a grandparent. Yeah. Like, it's, it's them being, like, this is what you've got to do. Yep. I told you that this is and, what how it works. You've got to do it. Even though you're like, no, you just don't get it. Like, you're not up with the times. You're not young like, like me. Yeah. yeah. And they're like always like, like oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> come, come, with, come through with the facts. So the next one is Uranus. Yeah. This is my husband's favorite planet. <laughs> Uranus. 
You're so hilarious. funny. You're hilarious. That's so funny. So, um, but these are the <laughs> these are the modern planets. Um, so they're um, considered to reflect um, entire generations of people and they are most noticeable in the natal chart when they have major aspects with the personal planets. So when you're looking at your chart, you're more so, you don't, it's not necessarily like, oh my God, my Neptune is in this or my Uranus is in this. It's more like, oh, my, my Uranus is like conjunct my sun or um, sextile my moon or like stuff like that. You want to look at how it's interacting with your more personal planets mm-hmm. rather than, being like, oh my god, I can't believe that I have a Sagittarius Pluto because that's that's just everyone in Gen Z. Yeah. <laughs> so Uranus is where you have a lot to learn slash what scares you. It's all about breaking boundaries. So literally breaking through what's Saturn because restricted. <laughs> <laughs> so um, wherever you have Uranus in your chart, you want to break free of this. It's where you're going to do things your way where you don't really care too much what anyone else thinks. Freedom is a key word for Uranus. This is one planet that absolutely doesn't want to be fenced in. Wherever you have Uranus in your chart, you're striving for independence. If someone has Uranus very prominent in their chart, for example, if it's right on their ascendant or the same place as their sun, so this is what Billy was saying before, that you really need to look at where it is in relation to your personal planets. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, for example, if it's right on your ascendant or the same place as your sun, chances are that they are surprising and different, probably in a really good way. Um, it's all about liberation. It destroys traditions and breaks down authority. As a result, Uranus is the planet of modern enemy. At the moment, Uranus is in Taurus. Yeah. So that's very, like, structures and, like, all of that type of stuff. So it's very much like relevant to what's kind of going on in the world with the political standing of a lot of countries. Yeah, so it is um, named after the ancient Greek entity of the sky, the father of Saturn and the grandfather of Zeus. Uranus is ruled by Aquarius. That's really funny because it's my Aquarius husband's that's his favorite planet. <laughs> totally. Yeah. Oh so, so yeah, Uranus is happiest in Aquarius and least happy, and it's opposite in Scorpio. Next up, we've got Neptune. It was actually discovered in 1846. Been around for a while. Um, well, yeah, it has been around. <laughs> <laughs> um, Neptune is all about inspiration or delusion. It's where it says a quote where i can't be controlled mm-hmm. so um neptune is the inspirational planet of dreams and soulmate in whichever house you find neptune in your chart is the area where you romanticize life neptune is about the divine it's also about drugs and alcohol but how do these go together understand this and you'll understand neptune and astrology a little bit better neptune is about deception at one end of the spectrum and about fantasy at the other. This one's talking about how it's like, so obviously there's the personal planet, um, Venus, which is all about personal love and how you deal with it, but it's saying how um, Neptune is kind of the higher octave of Venus. So the god of the sea in Greek mythology, which obviously like how you get the name Neptune, is like obviously when I think of Neptune, I just think of mermaids. So (laughs) Do you? Yeah, kind of like tritons and stuff. So, therefore, Neptune is highly compassionate, idealistic, and imaginative. It's considered a planet of inspiration dreams. Um, Neptune rules spirituality and all things subdued. So it would be interesting to look up 
what Neptune was in, like at the founding of the Catholic Church and stuff. Because it's all about, like, from what I'm reading here, it's all about, like, religion, confusion, illusion, all of that type of stuff. So it would be interesting, like, even looking at what happened when um, the Catholic Church split and then there was, like, the Lutheran creation because that was all about, like, breaking away from the deceptiveness and all of that. It's Like, there's so many things you can look into. You just need to know. It's so interesting because I find – You'll be like, hmm, I wonder, and you'll guess it. You'll be like, oh, maybe, like, it'd be wild if this was in this This house or whatever. Mm -hmm. And then you look it up, and you're just like, it is. It is. Or, or like, um, this is something we might talk about in more detail in another episode, but, like, um, Elise and I were just talking about, like, some of the most, some of the serial killers that are purely like sexually motivated oh yeah shout out to um killer astrology podcast i love your work um it's my new favorite podcast <laughs> i've been learning so i really want her to talk about this though because oh, she because yeah. she hasn't she hasn't touched on this what i've kind of found is venus in scorpio in retrograde in the 12th house if you have all of those things probably a serial killer because we were looking at it and maybe skip for 10 seconds if you don't want to hear oh. stuff. Um, yeah, if you're squeamish. Maybe. If you're squeamish. Like, so um, there was a guy called The Butcher in Russia that went around, like, raping kids and gouging their eyes out and, Jesus. like, doing all that weird stuff. There was a guy that chopped off people's heads and had sex with them because he had mummy issues. Um, Ted Bundy and a few other ones that are, like, like trauma. Sexual trauma. trauma happened in their childhood and – now they're like, or, or Ted Bundy, I, I don't, he had a bad childhood, but it wasn't. Um, well, we're pretty, sh- pe- people are pretty sure that his mum was his mum, but his granddad was, was his, his dad. dad. Yeah. yeah. So it's, it's like the taboo and the secrecy of Scorpio. And then you put the 12th house in it and it's like, they can't talk about Murky it. They're not, waters. Yeah. People. Because they're not able to express their deepest sexual desires. And so then it builds up and they feel restricted. And then if it's in retrograde, it's just fucked even more. And then it's like, then they, they usually like express it in a weird way. So it's kind of like interesting when you like look at a lot of people's charts and you're like, wow, that's a very distinct pattern. Mm-hmm. In saying that though, I was freaking terrified as soon as we found it out because we were just kept on looking up serial killers that killed like the toy box killer was another one Mm -hmm. massive serial killer in america like people that had killed like 40 50 people who was that guy that the when he was a young boy he um that he was kidnapped and made marry that young girl who was dead oh that was um another guy in um did he have a he had a yeah yeah. so this this although i think it was i can't remember correctly it was either scorpio in venus in the 12th house or it was in the sixth house but in the relationship yes he was on a school excursion and then he got like kidnapped but like not really kidnapped he got like taken off the street by this family and they were having a viewing like when you show the dead body in their backyard yeah Um, and they forced him to marry the dead girl because they believed that she wouldn't get to heaven unless she was married. So then he had to kiss a corpse. And then so he, like, obviously that's a huge trauma, and he would have gone through his life believing that all of these young kids that died because they weren't married aren't going into heaven. Or, like, even if he didn't believe that, that's that's some level of trauma. And also he was just, like, given back. So, like, his family didn't believe him that, like, this crazy shit 
just happened. Yeah, and he didn't get, like, the proper kind of support. Like, no, no negative repercussions happened to the family that forced him into this. And what he went and did was he walked around – I think he was from Russia. He walked around yeah, the entire exactly. country and um, wrote down every single gravestone of every single person because he wanted each of them to be remembered. And he oh was, my God, did he do that? Yeah, he did it on foot. That's what I mean. That's what I mean. I love this guy, but he's fucked. Like, I feel bad for him because he, he was – I know what he did was all out of the best intentions, and but what he did that was bad um, was he would – he would, like, go out and it started with him, like, sleeping in the graves next to these young girls that died because, obviously, he could see. And he would see that their graves hadn't been tended to and see that the families had stopped visiting because it was all overgrown. And, like, and as I said, he was doing this all on foot. And what he would do is he would dig up the bodies, make them into dolls, and then he had dolls all in his house. And he got found and he just had all of these dolls of these young little girls all in his house and he would just talk to them all and he had, like, relationships. He would, like, it wasn't, from what I understand, nothing was sexual as ever done, but he would, like, sleep with the dolls, talk to the dolls. And, like, half of the parents of those kids were, like, absolutely horrified that that had happened and, like, were really upset. But then the other half of the families were actually kind of happy that their kids got someone that cared about them because obviously they stopped going to the graves and that's why he took them. And so they were just happy that they had someone to talk to and someone that appreciated them and, like, learnt about them. And as I said, he documented all of their life story and was, like, he was, like, hugely renowned in, like, the historical society for all of the work that he did before he was found out to be a weirdo. <laughs> so did he end up killing anyone? No, he never killed anyone. He just – he just he was just a weirdo trying to <laughs> deal with his shit. Yeah. Oh, wow. So I know. Literally... There's, see, there's some really weird criminals that, like – and like the German cannibal, but he also was a Scorpio, Scorpio Venus. Okay. Yeah, he had a guy's penis, but the guy volunteered and forced him to eat his penis. So I'm like, I don't know whether I feel bad or not, because he didn't even like the penis. He ended up giving it to his dog because he didn't want to eat it, but the guy forced him to. That's animal abuse. <laughs> what the fuck? But yeah, so oh, but, we've yeah, gone on a tangent. Yeah, we've gone on a tangent. I then freak the fuck out i was like if i ever meet anyone with a venus in scorpio they're gonna kill me i'm so scared like i don't want to know about that like they're obviously very sexually perverted like something's wrong with them and then um turns out my dad my auntie and um my husband's best friend all have scorpio and venus <laughs> well it's like so it's so it's never it's never everyone it's more yeah. so like okay you can have that one aspect but then it's everything else also yeah. really affecting it and then it's also like the nurture versus nature kind mm-hmm. of thing where it's like did something traumatic happen to them that made them feel like they needed to be more secretive or deceptive in it or needed to enhance it more. Yeah. Because, like, people don't go out into the world being like, oh, I just want to be eaten or I want to dig up little girls and make them into dolls. Like, oh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it does – it manifests differently. Yeah. Um. So if you have a Scorpio and Venus, it's okay. It's okay, but you might want to go to therapy. Just like go to therapy. If something happened that's traumatizing, get therapy, get help, because it can manifest into really bad things. Yeah. That's the thing with astrology. It's like it's good to look at the patterns and see what you're dealing with, how it can manifest. If it's manifesting in your life, find the tools to work through it and yeah. what works best for you personally and do that. Because, like, I feel like most of the time it's, like, 
the people who end up being serial killers or something is because society's telling them they're not good enough that's and wrong and it's the generational trauma yeah because to so suppress like, everything like the toy box killer he went around with his main accomplice was his daughter Wow. so it's like him passing down his Scorpio Venus he's passing that on to his daughter mm. I wasn't able to find his daughter's chart because she's, she's actually a free woman at the moment disappeared so, they've, so yeah. they've hidden all of her identity stuff so I couldn't get her birth chart yeah um but yeah it's it's really really wild to see how it all plays mm. into parts and like because I feel like astrology can sometimes provide you more than psychology Whereas, yeah I feel like psychologists sometimes they focus on the trauma too much yes and it's like yes you need to go through it and and acknowledge it but that's but then, that has happened yeah you but, need to, and then you need to move forward yeah where it's just relieving the trauma over and over and over again is yeah. not going anywhere yeah it's like you're living constantly in retrograde <laughs> yeah. um so yeah I think that that's where it comes into in handy as well so instead of you being like oh I have anxiety I have depression these are just things that I have to live with it's like oh no this phase is I'm just going through this transition mm. like like obviously mental health is a real thing like yeah. people do have anxiety for their whole lives like I'm yeah. not trying to discredit that but it's like no well what can you do in these mm. certain times and these certain phases to try and help you build and grow through that trauma yeah don't get me started on fucking doctors and <laughs> psychology and everything like that yeah mental but anyway, health assessments anyway back to Pluto our last prescriptions <laughs> Don't even, don't even. She works at a pharmacy, so she knows all about prescriptions. Um, so, um, Pluto is our last planet. Uh, I love Pluto. I love and Pluto. And it is technically not a planet, but we still call it a planet because it needs to be involved. You fucking know for, for a fact, if my kids ever need to make a diagram oh, a of the solar system, system they're going to be making Pluto. Yes. I don't care. Tiny. Because everyone's it's like, oh, Pluto's not a planet because it's shrinking. It's like Mercury is shrinking faster than Pluto mm. is, you know? Um, but anyway, Pluto is actually links up with all of our generations. So Gen Z, all of theirs are Sag, Pluto's in Sag. All of the millennials are Scorpios. Um, and it goes back that way. So you can really see, like, a whole generation's trauma. And because at the moment, Pluto's in Capricorn. So all of the kids and stuff that are being born now and all of the Sagittariuses that are experiencing the Capricorn Pluto is the reflection of the uprising that we're seeing from the youth at the moment, which is really, really interesting. So cool to see. Yeah. And so then the next thing that we're going to see is going to be the Capricorn children with the Aquarius. So I think that's going to be the most exciting one. It's going to be such a... Such a growth because Such because growth. they're going to be Capricorn. They're going to be very very strong minded, very very strong willed, but they're going to have the inventiveness of the Aquarius energy mm-hmm. at that time. And then we're going to have the Aquarius kids. Oh, and I'm it's like so a, excited! It's like a, it's like a combo of like smart spirituality as well. Like yeah, just like it's it's such it's boss bitch spiritual. Yeah, because we're really going to see the end of this this Pluto cycle, and then it's going to begin again in Aries. It's going to be really, really awesome to see how that's all developed because, like, most – well, my grandparents, their Pluto was in Leo, and so that was, like, after the wars and stuff and all, all kind of that generation. So it's really, it's really interesting to see not only how that generation is but, like, how when they were in their, like, 
early 20s what they brought to society mm-hmm. like the millennials um so the scorpios um they bought the me too movement and so they bought the me too movement when it was in sagittarius but they were scorpios and then the sagas reinforced that with being like well we shouldn't just rise up against people that have been sexually abused we should rise up for all women's rights we should rise up for and and so then we had like all of the women's pay gap movement and now with the with the sagas now in capricorn we're going through like the black lives matter movements and all of the exposure of the government corruption we're seeing all of the talk about the um, environment and the planet and like Aquarius is going to bring so much like renewable energy Mm -hmm. Um, like I think that that's when we're really going to see the big shift Mm -hmm. from um, yeah it's like everything's becoming exposed yeah because because we're going into Aquarius like quite soon Mm -hmm. not like not like very soon but But it's like in the next next couple years yeah in 2024 yeah, because I mean it's a long time, but also it's not. Because like. I remember I was like looking it up, and I was like, I, I was kind of freaking out because I was like, oh my god, my kids are probably going to be a different generation. Yeah, it goes. It, so it goes into Aquarius in twenty twenty three. So literally in twenty twenty three. Yeah, in three years, and we're you going might to have think, an Aquarius Pluto. I'm so fucking excited. You might think that it's like, you know, that's not a lot of time. Oh, that's far. Oh, like that's far away. But like. There's a lot of work to be done, and we not want to do it right. Yeah, and we've got to we've got to get through that work. Otherwise, we're not going to be able to renew. Mm-hmm. And um, I think everyone's so used to the small cycles of like us changing our sun sign every month and being like, well, there's I don't really notice the difference between Leo season and Virgo season, but like these are big planets. Like the well, Pluto's a small planet, but <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> these are big energies that like are so far away from us that they, they affect their us. effect is magnified so much I I think a good way to kind of think about it is like instead of like the sun sign having the people that were born in like that month it's like it has the people that were born in that entire generation Mm -hmm. and that that whole movement is happening to them at the same time like oh it gets me so excited I'm so sorry (laughs) um but yeah so but also we just want to acknowledge like a lot of people are going through a really hard time this year and like yeah. we're not saying that oh we're so excited like of what's happening um obviously like there's always good and bad and like obviously some really heartbreaking and terrible stuff has been going on this year um but I guess we're just trying to see the positivity yeah. that's going to come from that and it's like there's duality in everything there's always going to be a negative and a positive but and I think from us on our like personal levels from astrology we've really learnt that the harder shit is the better it is like yeah the better the the outcome is yeah so like it's like if we weren't going through all of the shit that we're going through right now we're not going to be able to make the changes that we needed to change Mm -hmm. otherwise we like because we don't want to just keep on living in a fantasy world where we pretend everything's fine when it's not we need these moments to break down everything and rebuild um because the the fun part of life and like society is growth and I feel like with the society that we were in in like 2019 was so structured and so routine that nothing ever changed and it's like well now we're getting to rebuild and remodel and we're really going to see this the a whole new society yeah come through a and, new world and from an astrology perspective mid-december this should all be over (laughs) 
I mean, over in the literal sense, maybe not in the literal sense, but like the the vast the majority, majority of it, will, the shit show of 2020 should be over by December ish. Yeah. We're not saying the pandemic's going to be over, but hopefully it's gonna it's gonna ease. It yeah. looks like it's, it's gonna going to ease because ease and things are going to be coming into play to sort of make sure that never happens again. Or if it does, it'll that be, will be prepared, better prepared. Yeah, because hopefully we won't do what we did. A hundred years ago, and just pretend that this never happened. Yeah, exactly. Um, because yeah, because blame the country be, and be like, man, nah, yeah. your fault, not us. Yeah, because we're kind of kind of get a glimpse of what our Pluto is going to, our Aquarius Pluto is going to be like, because Saturn is moving into a Aquarius at the end of at, at mid December as well. So that's going to be a big change as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, Pluto, um, Pluto. <laughs> we we already kind of started, but we um yeah well yeah it's about um transformation healing as we said. Um, passion and power so Pluto is the lord of the underworld and not a planet to be trifled with mm-hmm. on the upside Pluto is also a fantastic magician and is responsible for any transformation we affect in our lives Pluto represents birth death and rebirth cycle mm-hmm. it's the planet that detoxifies the yep did you hear that one detoxifies <laughs> um got an issue Trust Pluto to flush out the toxins. Yeah, so that's what we mean with, like, it going through the whole zodiac cycle in our lifetime is so exciting because we're going to see we're going to see the death and the rebirth mm-hmm. of, of it. And So you might think all this sounds very dark and cruel and brutal, and there's no doubt that controlling and manipulating Pluto can be all of those things, but Pluto in your chart also, also shows you where you can change your world. And because in Greek mythology, it correlates with the god Hades. So it's the god of the underworld. Pluto's also ruled by Scorpio. So I think that's why. That's I probably like, why I love Yeah, so, so it's... Love healing and transformation. Yeah, so it's very much it's like a hurt. Scorpio energy as well. But thank you for listening to our episode. I know that um, we were just supposed to go through the planets, but we did go on little bits of... We always go on tangents. On tangents, but hopefully you don't mind. We really, really appreciate all of the support and love that we're getting and just hope that you guys are enjoying it as much as we are making. And also um, with our, like, the little side episodes that we're doing, whose sign is it anyway? We did the Taylor Swift uh, folklore edition. Obviously, if you don't like Taylor Swift and you didn't listen to that, that's fine. Yeah. Um, uh, we're talking about Elise's mum. Yeah. Calling her Liana. <laughs> listen, she listened to the album. She liked the album. She didn't want to listen to the episode. Yeah, she did, didn't want Rude. to listen to us talk about it. <laughs> um, but, yeah, if you have any suggestions for that as well, we might be doing uh, the Mamma Mia cast in the future, Hamilton, just fun things like that. We did Friends in the first episode, but we sort of kept it with that first episode just yeah. for funsies. But, yeah, any suggestions, that would be, be very fun. Thank you for listening to the 13th Sign podcast, and may the planets be ever in your favour.